Hello. Hello. Welcome, uh, welcome to issue number two of Two Beards. One comic. Uh, today, um, uh, we are going to each talk about um, another uh, comic we've recently uh, read. Um, I'll probably be talking about, I just picked it up, is the new Deceased Killables comic. Ooh, spooky. Yes. What about you, my brother? I am going to um, be talking about Fear Agent and all the comics that were inspired, or uh, it was inspired by. Oh, right on. That should be interesting. Yep. So we should probably introduce ourselves. Yes. Sorry, we should have mentioned that. Um, I am Colton. And I am Jesse. And we are uh, two brothers with epic beards who are both very interested in comics, but on two completely different, uh, I don't know what you'd say, styles or or, uh, interests, I guess you'd say. Yeah, well, I think um, probably the main thing about this podcast is a lot of people think of comic books as like just one thing. They're just for kids to read. Yeah. Yes, very linear. Millennial. And, yes. And one thing I think you'll find by listening to us is you're you're going to realize like, oh, there's more to comics than just a bunch of squares put on a page with pictures and words. Yeah, so, a bunch of cartoons for kids. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing I find um, with people who don't read comics. Not so much with people who read comics, but I get a lot of reactions when they find that I'm a comic book nerd. That's uh, it's kid-like. It's um, I'm into kid things, and uh, I, I like people to, who are listening to this podcast to uh, realize that it's not kid-oriented. Sometimes, no, like none of the comics all. I read are for the kid readership. I would highly no. recommend any of the any of the titles I suggest in this podcast. Do not give them to your kids. I repeat, do not give them to your kids. Well, you can give some comics to your kids. There's, there's still comics for kids, but yes, not, yeah, I'm not saying maybe, that. I'm just maybe not, not these ones. Yes, not the ones I'm suggesting because I don't really. Well, and I find DCs, I, I, they do have kid-oriented titles, but I find I think that's a big difference between DC, in my opinion, DC and Marvel is DC. I think is more, I think mature readership. Marvel is more directed towards kids not all of them not saying that because i know you my brother read a lot of marvel well it's i know what you mean dc seems to be leaning more towards like real world issues yeah yes whereas marvel is trying to be a little bit more lighthearted for teenagers and like people who are you know adolescents Mm -hmm. but each each property has their own children versions like there's still superman and batman cartoons they're still Yeah, so. Yeah. I completely agree. Oh. Uh-huh. So, uh, today, uh, I think, who started last time? I believe it was you started. Oh, no, I started. You started last time, yeah. Issue. Yeah, so this issue, I think, we'll start with what you're currently reading, and then uh, we'll go into... Uh, what I'm currently reading at the moment, uh, the issue that I brought to this issue of uh, Two Beards, One Comic. Uh, so uh, 
what do what interesting amazing shit are you currently reading my brother i'm currently rereading for probably the oh shoot probably eighth time um the series entitled fear agent oh i love fear agent yeah for anyone who doesn't know my brother he has this amazing fear agent costume and i'm going to probably say that i think he was one of the first people to have this costume so when when I think you'll get there's, into it, but there's there something one, coming up, and I think yes. you should own that title of the first person to cosplay it. Well, I'm, I will admit that I don't. I wasn't the first person to cosplay it because when I was creating the costume um, from a good friend, Kate Penny, she's an amazing uh, costume designer. She did costumes for a while. She doesn't really do it so much anymore, but in the time she did, and um, when she, we were designing it. I went online and there was a picture before my picture popped up of this guy and he was dressed in, in it. So I'll say he was the first that you can see, but I may have been the second or third, which is fine. Still good. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so Fear Agent is probably my favorite comic book series, hence why I'm reading it probably the eighth time, I think now, or seventh or eighth time. Um, it's uh, how do you sum up Fury Agent? It's it's essentially a sci-fi bubble dome space man romp through the cosmos. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll I'll talk more about the first issue <clears throat> of, or the first volume. I might seep into the first volume a little bit, but um, mm-hmm. it's definitely a series. Uh, it's finished now, so. You don't have to worry about waiting for books, but it's a really awesome, cool series. Um, yeah, so I'll get into it now. Um, Fear Agent issue one, uh, originally published by Image, and then after a while it got uh, relocated to Dark Horse. It finished up its property at Dark Horse, and now I think it's been sold back to, I guess, to Image. So I think the new trade collections are actually sold through image again so anyway that's brief uh publishing history fear agent um it's a character named heath houston and he is um an alien exterminator he basically goes to planets and um sort of deals with the problems there's a lot of um people are trying to resettle on certain planets so he's called and says hey you know uh, can you get rid of these hairy ape men that are, keep wrecking our planet or our uh, uh, habitation colonies? And he'll, okay, he'll say, okay, yep. And um, yeah, uh, he's also a drunk. He has major <laughs> alcoholic <laughs> dependency. Um, he, so it's, it's kind of a cool character arc is like he's for the first couple stories, he's all he cares about is getting enough money to go buy more booze because he's constantly needs to be drunk and he's sounds like a true cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about this, this, um, this character is he's essentially this rough and tumble. Uh, he's like a spaceman, cowboy trucker, you know, um, he's always quoting Samuel Clemens, who is AKA Mark Twain. Um, He's like, he's just, he's just sort of 
his outlook on the world or the universe is very bleak because of what happened, what put him in this position. I don't want to ruin it for people reading it because it's kind of like gets really deep. Um, I should probably mention who wrote and drew the original. Uh, so the writer is Rick Remender. He is an amazing, one of my favorite writers still. Uh, he's written stuff like Fear Agent. Uh, and he's got a few other books. Um, let me go see if I can find them. He's got a few books, actually. So Fear Agent, uh, The End League. Uh, he's got a book called... I'm perusing my books. He's got a book called Strange Girl, which is also really fun. Uh, what else did he write? Uh, all sorts of stuff. Just look him up, and you'll, you'll find all these cool things. He wrote, actually, there's a show that's coming out, or came out, called... Um, Deadly Class. He wrote that too. So, hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. Yep. And then it's drawn. The first issue is drawn by Tony Moore, who is really famous for his. Um, he was. He did the first story arc for Walking Dead. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah. So anyway, those two guys got together, created Fury Agent. Um, there's the first issue. I think is probably my favorite issue because. Uh, Heath Houston, the main character, our hero, if you can call him that. It's a very loose term. He arrives on a planet called uh, Frizega. For, yeah. So it's, it's essentially a play on the name Frizetta. So the reason why I'm bringing that up <clears throat> is because the cool thing about Fury Agent is, is it, this is the comic that got me into uh, Frank Frizetta uh, and Wally Wood. And those are two guys. Uh, last episode I talked about Jack Kirby. Wally Wood is also one of the big, huge pillars of comic books. But more specifically, he's more of the pillar of like sci-fi space horror comics. So um, there's a book actually out. Uh, you can get a collection of his sci-fi horror stories called Spawn of Mars and other stories. And it's all of Wally, Wood's, Wally Wood's, uh comics. They put in the book. So check hmm. that out. Yeah. Um, what else? First issue. He fights a bunch of eight men, which is awesome art. Um, it's more comical at the beginning of the series because, like, I think as a creator, you, like, they're probably thinking, well, you know, if this doesn't take off, at least we'll have a little comic book series and, you know, people will enjoy it. But as yeah, you the want series... What's, what's that? You got people's attention. Yeah, it grabs me attention, like there's a giant jellyfish uh, creature that he kind of like has to outwit and run away from and fight. Um, like I said earlier, there's giant hairy ape men. He has to fight with, it's always fun. Apes, apes are always fun in comics. And whether they're good guys or bad guys, they're always fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so he essentially just like first issue, he destroys the ship that he just, stumbles upon and then the story continues um i don't know i'm kind of flipping through right now what's really cool i think about this this book and it's really what also got me into aside from getting into wally wood and and more into frank rosetta um i i kind of knew who frank rosetta was at the time uh because of our uncles um well actually both our uncles introduced us to conan 
So Colton and I have an uncle named Uncle Frank, and an uncle Uncle Frank was the guy who introduced me to Batman. And there's Uncle Rob, who um, was really him and our aunt Diana were really instrumental in introducing us or me specifically to Conan. So I knew Frazetta through Conan and all the Conan books and stuff and imagery, but Fear Agent really like showed me that like Frazetta is known for more than Conan and Barbarians. So yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but aside from those two artists that introduced me to, I was also introduced to like strange monsters and creatures, uh, just totally crazy cockamamie things um like tentacles and pinchers and like multiple eyes on the head or eyes on like rest of the body like it really broke my um i don't know my bubble of like thinking like well in order to draw a monster they have to have two eyes and two hands and like you know stuff like that it yeah, just made yeah. me realize that like a creature can fall under any sort of rules of environment and, and come out looking completely different than what you'd expect them to so yeah can have a hand so, yeah. tentacle yeah exactly they can, they can take those sort of forms what was that it says shows a lot in uh your oats as well yeah well and that's uh, over time but like now that i'm getting more into my art um, to you people out there, I'm a bit of an artist. I wouldn't say I'm professional, but I like to dabble with drawing monsters and creatures. Um, it's really allowed me to like free myself and like not following any rules. I don't follow rules. There's a lot of people out there who says, well, you know, you need to know anatomy and you need to understand the human anatomy to draw. And, and to a degree, they're very correct, but there is something kind of fun to just drawing some crazy monster that you know, doesn't follow any rules. So, um, yeah, so that's Fear Agent is kind of when I started getting really into, actually, I would, I would say that Fear Agent was when I started sort of moving past superhero comics and moving into the horror sci-fi comics. And that uh, the rest is history because I pretty much didn't really look back after that. I still collected superhero stuff, but it dwindled after I started reading Fear Agent. Mm. Yeah. And part cool. of the reason why I picked Fear Agent today is because I did that cosplay, and that segues into you, Colton, because uh, Colton became the prominent cosplayer in the family. Yes, yes, that's what everyone keeps telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, people who don't know that I'm, I do, I do a lot of cosplaying. I'm strictly, mostly. Uh, Red Hood, uh, if you want to follow my Instagram, I'm going to do a little plug here. It is at Woodstock underscore Red Hood. Um, but I do uh, some other ones, mostly uh, strictly right now DC. I'm working on a couple Marvel characters, but right now strictly DC. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, I think the biggest thing in comics right now that I do, yeah. Yeah. But I enjoy it. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that you get into it. Because I, I like going to Comic Cons with you. Well, and it, for me, it's more like, um, like I have no idea where to start making a costume. Like uh, when I did the Fury costume, I had my friend. It's actually kind of funny because <clears throat> I'll say I had Kate to help me with the costume, and then, um, you know, her and I, she, we did that costume together, and then we got, both got busy, and then I, I think I moved back to Calgary and went through a whole bunch of stuff, and then. Um, I met my current partner, Kate. So 
in the podcast, if I do get into cosplaying, I'll mention, oh yeah, and then Kate and me help help do this. It could be one of two Kates. It could very much depend. Um, but yeah, my current partner, Kate, she's also a bit of a seamstress and um, has done costumes herself for Halloween and stuff like that. So I, I could I could return to the realm of cosplay. It is not it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Yeah. Little steps. Little steps. Yeah. Actually, the none of the stuff I do is I made myself. It's all well. I guess I I made them, but I wouldn't really say sewed them. There are a lot of things I've bought and I've kind of reworked or added things to to make work for my costumes. A lot yeah. of stuff I bought. I buy a lot of my stuff from my cosplays. So. Yeah. Well, I think the next cosplay I'd like to try would be the Phantom Star Killer. Yes. Yes. I think that one is would be dope. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Colton, what did what do you bring? What do you bring to the table? So I went home this past weekend and uh, I picked up my comics that were in my file um, at uh, Woods Clyde. Uh, if anyone's in the Oshawa area, please check out Woods Clyde. Best. Well, they probably know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the only. Only comic book store you should be shopping at if you live in Oshawa. Um, but so I picked up my comics this past week, and and the one I was most excited for, and I had to read as soon as I got it, was the new deceased unkillables story. So this is one of it's just a very short um, three part miniseries. So there's only going to be three comics, but um, for anyone who doesn't know. Deceased was a, another miniseries that DC put out, which um, basically, I'm just going to sum this up real quick, uh, is that the world, basically it's Marvel's, uh, it's DC's version of Marvel's uh, zombie storyline. But the way they do it in DC is they're not really zombies. They are what they call anti-life the anti-life virus, which was a virus that was created um, by, I forget the guy's name. Uh, The anti-life equation basically got uh, mutated. uh, Darkseid? Yes, Darkseid. It got mutated within him and then got trans... Uh, got infected technology on Earth. And so then it created what they call the anti-life virus, which infected people through screens. So phones, television, basically what makes us zombies in the real world. Uh, We're all a bunch of brainless idiots. Um, So basically, this uh, storyline was just how the superheroes from Batman, Superman. Uh, If anyone who hasn't read it, I'm sorry, there's going to be some spoilers. So if you want, skip over this part. But superheroes had to figure out a way to stop the infection. Because it's still, once you had it from a screen, you could either catch it through viewing a screen or if someone had infected you through a scratch, just like a zombie. So the superheroes did the best they could. um, But unfortunately... The greatest heroes such as Batman, Superman, The Flash, and uh, Wonder Woman, and pretty much all of the good ones, like big ones, got infected. So then 
a lot of them had to leave her. It was on beyond saving. There's nothing they could do. Basically, what happened was uh, the Flash got the virus, and he could pretty much he turned the whole entire world. Uh, Superman tried to stop him, and in the process, he got scratched, and therefore, that's when the rest of the superheroes decided like this: we can't. There's we, there's nothing we can do. They left the planet. But what interested me, and what really sparked my interest was this new series is deceased unkillables because as the whole entire time i'm reading the series they don't talk about what happens to red hood and if anyone knows me he is my man so luckily enough they announced shortly after that they were doing this story and it basically follows the people that were left behind mostly villains and red hood and some other characters so the comic starts at, oh, I should probably mention the artwork. Um, the artwork's amazing, but um, it was uh, written by Tom Taylor, penciled by uh, Carl Munskert, Munz, uh, it's M-O-S-T-E-R-T, don't know how you pronounce it, inked by Trevor Scott and Neil Edwards and John uh, Livesey, uh, colored by uh, Hex, Loco, uh, Locos, Locos, yeah, um, amazing art. Um, I've actually read a couple of Tom Taylor's stories before, and he's uh, like uh, he was one of the main writers, I believe, on the original DC storylines. Um, so amazing story. Um, but it starts out with uh, one of my other favorite characters, and a buddy of mine does an amazing cosplay up, and it is. Uh, Deathstroke. So it starts off this Deathstroke. Basically, uh, he's left on Earth. He's actually trying to do a mission where he's supposed to kill a bunch of Nazis, but he stumbles upon all these zombie Nazis. He gets Ooh. turned. Yes, very cool. They're he the gets best turned. Nazis. Yeah. They're the finest. Well, there, there, isn't, there isn't a good Nazi, but I'm just saying, like, when it comes to beating up Nazis, it's always fun when someone's beating up zombie Nazis. Yes, <laughs> especially neo-Nazis. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he gets turned, so you think that's the end of them. And then shortly after, they introduce you where I got my biggest excitement. Um, they introduce Red Hood. Um, very sad, very sad. So they introduce Red Hood. He is at Wayne Manor and he's looking around and he unfortunately stumbles upon, um, uh, Red Robin, Batman and Nightwing, uh, dead on the Batcave floor. Um, assuming they got there from Alfred because in the original series, Alfred's the one that shoots Batman because um, Batman gets infected, but he wears um, Mr. Freeze's suit to cool down his body temperature, therefore slowing the virus from progressing to try and find a cure. But unfortunately, he succumbs to the virus and turns. But beforehand, he tells Alfred, "Is if I turn, kill me. Shoot me in the head. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very sad. He stumbles upon them. Um, he's very choked up, 
Um, he thought that if anyone was going to survive, it was going to be those guys. Uh, luckily enough, which is very made me kind of tear up, is Ace, the Wonder Dog, Bat Dog. He's still alive. Um, and it's just a process of him grieving kind of shortly, but as well as giving him the honor of burying him. So you got to read it. The, the things he says and stuff is amazing. Um, and then it just kind of goes through the other villains and characters who are left on the earth. Um, so Rose Wilson, which is Slade Wilson's daughter, they introduce her. Um, then you find out the Slade, because he can regenerate, uh, is immune to the virus, so he comes back. And then they introduce other characters that are still alive on this world, such as uh, um, uh, Vandal Savage, uh, Summon Grundy, um, The Creeper, Cheetah, uh, Captain Cold, uh, Bane, uh, Dash. Uh, Deadshot, and I believe, uh, yes, that's all the villains. Um, and then what else? Uh, um, it's very violent. Like I'm just flipping through it now, and the blood and guts in this in this comic are very, uh, very graphic. Um, but anyway, so Red Hood then goes on a mission to find any Bat family members who are still alive. Unfortunately, eight of them are showing up on the screen as active, but only two of them have heartbeats. So he goes on a mission to find them. And I think that's kind of where his story is going to take place until he meets up with Vandal Savage. Uh, he does find some of them. I'm not going to say too much. That way you guys have something to read. Um, but yeah, no, it's I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's a, it's a definitely a thought provoker. Um, there's a couple of cool scenes if you know Red Hood, where, you know, he gets kind of angry at himself as well as others. Um, uh, what else can I say? Um, yeah, and just the artwork in this thing, the way they depict Gotham is amazing just just in flames um there's other characters that you if you read the original series you thought might have been dead who are luckily still alive there's some characters you thought were alive who are now dead uh it's uh it's definitely an emotional read uh for anyone who's uh invested in these characters um it's not a part of the continuity so don't worry too much. They're not dead forever like they did to Alfred, but... Uh, Alfred's dead? Yeah, they killed him off in the continuity. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah they did a big... Um, they Yeah, hopefully. Uh, they did a whole big um, R.I.P. Alfred comic, which I have somewhere, but uh, yeah. That's uh, too bad. Gets he... Uh, uh, if, a lot of spoilers for people in this in this podcast because we are talking about comics we are reading. So Alfred gets killed by um, Bruce's. Uh, well, I think he gets killed by Bane, but it's 
uh, enforced by Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, in the Batman Right, right, right. I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, so, yeah. So, and it's a good comic, the R.I.P. Alfred one. It's just, it goes through each of the Batman, uh, Bat family members, and they each tell a story about Alfred and how they, how Alfred impacted their life. So it's, if anyone uh, should pick it up, pick it up, read it. Uh, it's, it's a very good little light read. Uh, just kind of quick stories about, I'd say, four pages each of each character kind of just telling a story post-funeral of how Alfred had impacted their lives. Hmm. Yeah. I'll have to check it yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, buy it. You know, it's clay. It might be collector. You know, they might not bring Alfred back. I doubt it, but you never know. You never know. Cool. Yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, but no, but this Unkillables, it's, uh, it's so cool. And I'm so glad that, like the the main reason I picked it up was the fact that I was like, even when I read the first the the main series, I was like, Whoa, what happened to Red Hood? Like, what the fuck? Like, they don't they don't really mention him too much in the uh, DC thing because he's off doing his own thing because he got kicked out of Gotham. But I'm glad that they touch point with all the loose ends that the comic had. But yeah, so that's the comic. I brought and I I read that uh, this issue I felt needed to be talked about. Um, I have a couple other. It was a hard hard decision. There's a lot of comics I'm currently reading that I felt were worthy of talking about on issue two of this podcast. But uh, this I one was the one. Problem. This one was the one I've been waiting for the most. Yeah. No, I had the same issue. I was just like, oh, what am I going to talk about? And then, like, I realized and I remembered that I started rereading Fury Agent. And I was like, oh, sweet, I can do that. Because it introduced me and there's so much points that can be made about it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But I have no idea what I'm going to do next week. <laughs> yeah, uh, me neither. I'll, uh, well, I'll, be, my... I'll be next week, uh, Colton's problem. Yeah, there you go. Next week, Jesse's problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I... Uh, it's funny because when you mentioned it, it was an emotional ride, um, that's the same thing about Fury Agent 2 is like um, I was telling Kate that the end of this series actually made me cry. Uh, tear mm-hmm. up because like <clears throat> you go through this whole, you know, this is like most comic book or stories in general that you get invested in is like you go through this whole adventure with this group. And especially when it's in the comic book format, when it's brought out in tiny pieces tiny installments and you get so excited for the next issue and the next issue and the next trade and the next trade that when you reach that end um if it's well written enough it it's emotional you you tear up and i've i've done that a few times i've you know get gotten to the end of a series and just been like like you know tear up because you feel for the character or you're just so you know you're you're gonna miss the characters or whatever um so yeah, like it's it does get emotional sometimes. Yeah, get that sinking feeling in your gut. Yeah, <clears throat> fear just ends like in in a happy cry, but no, it's I... still kind of sad. It's still kind of sad the way it ends, but also happy. Yeah. Unfortunately, I find DC usually adds ends badly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a dark ending. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially the DC storyline. Basically, we're like, well, Earth can't be saved. We'll find somewhere else to live. We're just going to fuck off now. Yeah. Leave everyone there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the part, like, when they first... When I first read that, like they just left Earth. I was like, and then I was like, they didn't. They didn't bother asking any of the villains. They or it makes sense. They, you know, I guess you don't want bad guys on, you know, a ship full of, you know, citizens. But still, they're, yeah, they're people too. You know, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but I couldn't believe that. Like even Damien, because Damien's one of the guys who survived. He left. Like he didn't even like, like he didn't even ask where Jason was. Like as was like, chop liver. Like come on. Well, maybe that's an opportunity for a new story. Like if yeah, like let's say I, Damien comes back and then because the the story arc of Jason, he he kind of would develop a complex of like always being left, always been forgotten. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. he dealt, he dealt with that with Batman. With with why didn't you kill Joker? Joker killed me. Why didn't you do anything? Like yeah. what is wrong with you? And like I could see that becoming a new story arc for if, if Damien comes back and being like, yeah, like father, like son. You don't give a shit about me. Like I, I dealt yeah, with this with your here. father. Well, and, and two, I think Jason doesn't know what happened to him. So for all Jason knows, Damien's dead too. So I think that's that, true too. I, but can I, you imagine how pissed off oh, uh, Jason would be if Damien just yeah. walked, like, came back and was? And that's the thing about Jason too is that he, he yeah, I completely agree with you. He has that complex. Like, there's a quote from the comic book series. Uh, I believe it's when he's teamed up with Arsenal and stuff. But he goes, um, "Do you do you think I don't know what it feels like to be?" abandoned, forgotten to be the Robin that no one trusts. And I think that sums up a lot of his, his mindset is he feels like he is the, the abandoned, the forgotten, the, the, the Robin that no one trusts. I think it, it, it cuts him down. Cause I think deep down he, he wants to be accepted and loved by Batman for the most part. Like, oh, like, I mean, I'm going to spoil this, but, like, it, it sums it up, too. So when he buries Batman, he carves a tombstone. Yeah. And, and what he carves on Batman, on Bruce Wayne's uh, tombstone is Bruce Wayne, father, mentor, bastard, Batman. And it just kind of sums up his feelings towards Batman. Like, he was my yeah. father. He was my mentor. He's a fucking bastard. But he's and he's Batman. Like you mean like that to yeah. him it's who Bruce Wayne was. And he, yeah. he if you read the comics, he's always going on about how he hates Bruce Wayne, but then in the same two seconds later in the same subject, he'll talk about how he admires Batman or he or opposite. A lot of times he'll say he admires he admires Bruce Wayne but hates Batman and, and I think it's 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 very much. I think that's why I'm so drawn to that uh, to to Red Hood is because he's that damaged character. DC, as we mentioned before, DC sort of writing more dark, realistic stories about family and how you know family's not always squeaky clean, perfect, and 
yeah, you know, you kind of you you build on on your triumphs and your failures, and you just try to rise up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I'm feeling you there. Like I like another show that Colt and I usually watch is Supernatural, and that's another one that sort of plays on the same sort of um, emotional notes as as the Bat family and his Robins. In fact, so much so that the guy that plays the older brother in Supernatural is the voice of Jason Todd in the Red Hood um, cartoon movie. So yes. it's a very, very strong tie between, you know, being the father of heroes and then also those heroes going like, where were you? <clears throat> kind of oh, reaction. Yeah. Cool. Oh, Jason Eccles. Yeah. Jason Todd, Jason Eccles. So is there anything that you want to talk about there, brother? Stuff I'm excited about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's actually a fair bit. I mean, uh, just, I think it was today, wasn't it? You went to the comic book store and you, you made sure something was in my file. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, um, what's it called? The, the Sumerian Queen of the Black Coast. Yes. 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 I didn't look much at it, but it, you were very pumped about it. Yeah, well, what's cool, and I guess I can talk about it here. What's really cool about this series, this it's called The Sumerian, Queen of the Black Coast. And for any of you out there who know what that means, it's a Conan story. But this particular Conan story is published under a uh, publisher called Ablaze. And the reason why that is, because if some of you out there may know, uh, Conan is now back at Marvel, which is a property of uh, Disney. And um, this comic that just came out, The Sumerian, is actually from Europe. So, uh, shoot, I really wish I had the issue. I don't know. Yeah, well, no, I wish I had, like, the name of the – I wasn't prepared for this, obviously. I wish I had the name of the artist and the writer. But uh, essentially, they're they're French, I believe, uh, and they published this in Europe. um, And, you know, it sold because their licensing laws are different over there. They don't have to follow. They well, I shouldn't say they don't have to follow rules. They they don't have to pay into like using the character Conan, they, like because it's I think it's more of a free um, free property or what's the term um, public domain over there. So they wrote the story. I've been following the artist <clears throat> just because it's Conan, um, and it's. One thing I really like is a European comics because they sort of have more of a, a different approach to doing the art and the writing, but more so the art. It's more like cinematic, I feel, um, than like you know sequential art here in North America. Uh, so anyway, this these guys got together. They this uh, one of my favorite Conan stories is Queen of the Black Coast. So they're working on the story. It's beautiful. It's violent. It's sexual. Like they don't shy away from drawing boobs and you know drawing them having sex like it's europe uh, those these are these are just normal things we're not afraid yeah. of these things yeah so just uh, they're just boobs yeah. um so they uh they came out and they they made this comic and it's been in europe for a while and i almost actually got just just bit the bullet and it was like oh i'm just gonna get the french version i'll just learn french i think you know we should learn french anyway so um but then i get 
you know, then it comes up on, I think, I think it was Wednesday. I think it was actually this past Wednesday. I was like, holy crap, it's, it's in North America. What, like, holy shit. Um, apparently what it was is they made a deal that if they must've made this deal with Disney Marvel, if they called it the Sumerian instead of Conan, it's like a way to get off, like, like separate it. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they tried to do this once before, I think a year or two ago and, and Marvel was like Marvel slash Disney was like, Nope, Nope. You cannot use that here because this is our property and blah, blah, blah. But I think at that point too, Conan was still relatively new back at Marvel. Uh, mm-hmm. it just, it just got returned from dark horse. They just bought it back from dark horse. So they're still trying to like play with what they're going to do with the character. But I think now it's sort of like, okay, well, whatever we have our Conan, and then you can have your Conan. Um, yeah, and so they just released it. <clears throat> the art is so cool. Um, like I said, I wish I could remember the name of the artist. I don't have a tablet in front of me. Um, last last episode or issue, Colton and I discovered that if we go on our phones and go research stuff on our phones while we're recording, it cuts off our voice. So we're not going to do that again. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, A L V A O Y, Alvary, Al Pierre Alvary, Alvary. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah. The artist. I think he's the artist, right? Yeah, that's the artist. I don't know what. The, cool. I quickly, quickly switched over and left before I could, uh, and then came back before my voice got cut out. <laughs> oh, so you just you just did it. You're you yeah. you took the sacrifice. Okay, yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. So basically. Looked. Good, good. Thank you. Um, so yeah, this comic came out this past Wednesday. Uh, Colton was kind enough to go to our, the local comic book store and get it put in my file. Um, it's the biggest headache and pain in the butt is trying to get your file going once you move to a new place uh, because it takes a lot of time to like figure out what you want, what you don't want, and you know, make sure you get your file. the right covers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, uh, for you out there, you don't know. I got an issue. Um, I'll actually, I'll probably talk about it next week. Maybe is it's called the Immortal Hulk, and this is probably one of the best. Like it, it was a surprise. Like I'm not a Hulk fan. Um, never was, and this ish, this this book came out, and it's called the Immortal Hulk. Um, it's written by. Oh shoot! Hold on a second. I'd have to look, but it's essentially a Hulk story done in the way of horror. So, um, awesome, well written. Like I said, I'm going to try and talk about it next week. But uh, what was I talking about? Oh yeah, um, no, I got the wrong so, cover. Yeah, so you got the, the Colin. Colin got they got the right issue. Just. The cover was a variant cover of Gwen Stacy, and I was just like, this is the dumbest cover I've ever seen. <laughs> so I, I had to tell Colton, like, hey, if, if you got the time, can you switch the cover? Because this one sucks. <laughs> and then Col- even you, you were like, like, why would, why they, would they give you that one? Why would you give you this cover? Like, the, the regular cover is way cooler. Like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So anyway. I, I looked, too, and they, they were sold out of that issue they had a lot of they had a lot of issue number 30 but you needed issue number 31 they were sold out so maybe that's why they gave you that 
cover because the other ones were sold. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed weird. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. I guess I, I'm guessing I'm stuck with it then, eh? Yeah, I get unless you wait for a second print in. Yeah, no, it's okay. So there you go. You heard it here, folks. I have a Gwen Stacy issue. Oh, yeah. Well, now that's another thing Same too. It's like the series is drawn by by Alex Ross, and the covers are so cool because they're almost like yeah. um, uh, Jack Kirby covers. But oh well, <clears throat> such is life. Yeah. And Alex Ross makes such epic covers. And so was, even that is like, why would you give him that cover when you know the main cover is even Alex Ross? You know. What I mean? Well, you know what could have happened is maybe everyone else, because I think that issue came out a while ago. Everyone else was like, "Oh, you know, we don't want this Gwen Stacy issue." And they, it was the last one on the shelf. So, yeah. Oh well, it happens. Yeah. Oh, I want to get your opinion on this because there's so many different views on this online. What's your opinion? On the new Batmobile. Oh, Go. I love the new Batmobile. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm glad that you agree with me. Um, are there people that don't agree with us? What are the, the idiots out there in the world who are like, "Well, it's not, uh, it's not a comic accurate. It's not tank enough." And I go. Like, uh, one guy had this conversation about because he thought it was stupid. It needed to look more like a Batmobile, he said. I was like, well, A, first of all, if you read the comics, a lot of Batman's Batmobiles, when he, in the early days of comics, were sports cars. So let's get that out there in the first. And second of all, I think people need to realize that this Batman is year one. So he's still, he's still figuring his shit out. So fact, what makes you think what makes you think year one Batman is gonna be busting out a fully loaded tank like Batmobile? No, he's gonna have a, a sports car that he has worked on himself and retrofitted to fit his mission at the moment. But everyone's going on about like it's not comic accurate and bullshit and bullshit and bullshit. Colton's a little touchy. Well, it's just because it annoys me when people get online and, and hate on something. Yeah. And, and then they, say they don't things. Take, they don't take the time to, like, relax and, and take a look. Well, for me, the new Batmobile, um, it's I, – I like the fact that it's simplified. Like, it's got enough yeah. bat on it. I, I, you can see that there's bat wings coming off the back of it. I think they even have a little bit of a bat emblem kind of melt or uh, uh, welded onto the, the motor, to the engine in the back. Like, yeah. it's, for me, it looks, you know, I think. A lot of people I mean, are referring to it as like <laughs> the bat in the furious. Well, you know, in there, and you know, you know, they're saying it ironically too. Like, you yeah, know, they're no. saying it like, oh, it's yeah. just stupid sports cards like well no but personally i wasn't a big fan of the uh batman begins um batmobile no um no. i wasn't even really a fan of the scott or the Zack snyder batmobile like it was too for me it was too tankish like yeah granted that one 
they were trying to please everyone by giving a tankish, but also please people with the whole, like a lot of people wanted the, you know, um, you know, animated version of the Batmobile, you know, that long, lean, winged yeah. Batmobile. So I think this, yeah. that's what they were doing with Jack Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder was like kind of give, blend the two, two things together, like tank like with the whole sleek look and then that's what yeah. they got. Well, it was also, cool. It was yeah, cool. It, like I didn't hate it. I just, this new Batmobile I really like because it's simplified. It's like sleek and it looks like it's versatile and, you know, smaller so he can do those tight turns. Because I don't know if you remember or if you guys out there remember, but, oh, man, which movie was it where, like, Batman had to use a grappling hook to do a simple oh, turn? Oh, to turn a corner? Yeah. yeah, to turn a corner. Like, that's a real problem for a car that's built like that. You can't just yeah. turn a corner sharp. Now, it was a wicked stunt to pull, but... Like with this current car, you could do that. You could do a tight turn. You could like pull the e-brake and do this like sweet 360 on the road and like go the other direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's if they do something like in the movie, that'd be so freaking cool. Like I don't care that they're comparing to Fast and the Furious. Like Bruce Wayne Batman would be that's one of the skills he'd have to learn is how to be a stunt driver. So yeah. it makes sense that he'd have a stunt car. Yeah, and like I said, it's year one, so it's the yeah. whole premise is he's he's figuring out his shit. So exactly. I'm personally, I'm excited to see um, uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. Like, yes, I, I wasn't he's... at first, but uh, I am now. The more yeah, no, more... I. I... The more and more I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I actually have Batman Year One in front of me right now. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. No, but but the biggest thing for me is that people making comments that it's not comic accurate. And it's like, well, if you read the comics, you truly read the comics, and you know Batman's history, a lot of his Batmobiles were sports cars that had, you know – subtle wings on him or like some of his early Batmobiles were just a black sports car with the basically a bat head on the front grill and yeah uh, well was it wasn't there like an 80s Batmobile and like the early 90s Batmobile weren't they like just like they're essentially just sports cars with some bad stuff on them they yeah. weren't the long because it wasn't until it wasn't until Tim Burton's uh, Batman that they started drawing the Batmobile to be this weird, long, different thing. And then Frank Miller's yeah. Dark Knight Returns, they did the whole tank thing. Yeah, It wasn't until yeah. after that that the Batmobile became the Batmobile that everyone's like crazy about. But before mm. that, like the Batmobile largely was just a car. Like yeah. the 1960s show, it was a car. It was a sports car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's the one where it's just... Um... Almost looks like uh, I want to call it like a it's one of those old English style taxi kind of cars with a uh, bat head on it. It was very simple. Alfred drove it, kind of thing. But yeah, no. But I think people just like to complain, especially on the yeah. internet. Yeah, people complain all the time. 
Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. But yeah. Whatever. I'm glad I'm not the only one that uh, thinks it's going to be. It, it looks sick. The photos no. look amazing. No, I think it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. Yeah, those rims look nice. You know, someone should take them. Well, and you know what? Maybe. Oh no, that'd be too early. Because I was going to say maybe that's how the the movie ends: is some kid steals the hubcaps. But yeah, yeah. They would they would have to put in another kid before they yeah, could introduce yeah. that kid. Yeah. yeah, unless you're thinking of like, say, like uh, if you're reading the new um, White Knight comics with the uh, as uh, Azriel, that storyline, Jason Todd was the first Batman. I mean, uh, Jason Todd was the first Robin. Oh, there you go. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to use that. As no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what someone said. They're like, yeah, someone should steal it. And at the end of the movie, I said, right, that would be amazing. They need to have a Red Hood in a movie. Or Jason Todd, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, but they also, I think I just heard today, I actually saw it online. Rumors are, there's rumors going around that uh, Johnny Depp might be playing the Joker in the Batman movie. What? Yeah, that's what the rumors are. Well, that's going to make the uh, the Aquaman Batman team up movie awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless unless people get their way and she gets kicked off the movie. That's true too. Yeah, a lot of people want her off. Well, if if what she did is true, if she really did that, then I agree with them. She that's did it to him. She yeah. she ruined his career with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean because of it. So there you go. I'm not saying anyway. you know, I from I, but yeah, anyways, that's another <laughs> subject. That's that's another podcast. Yeah, that's for another day. I get this is the part of the podcast where I'm like, so Colton, how long do you want this podcast to be? Yeah, I think we'll we're going on an hour again, which yep. it flew by. So uh, I think this is a good time to uh we'll end the podcast. Um, you know. And uh, hopefully everyone uh, enjoyed this issue of uh, Two Beards, uh, One One Comic. comic. Yep. And um, please tune in next time. And as Jesse said. Same bearded time, same bearded channel. uh, Thank you uh, for tuning in to uh, issue two of Two Beards. One Comic. And uh, please uh, tune in next time.